Welcome to the SAME Real-Time Podcast, featuring an inside look across the Society of American Military Engineers and the work that our 30,000 members and 105 posts are doing to support national security and strengthen the engineering potential of the United States. And now, your host, SAME Executive Director, Joe Schrodel. Ladies and gentlemen, we are really honored today to have the opportunity to talk with Mr. Isaac Lidsky. And, and if you haven't read his book, Eyes Wide Open, I strongly encourage everybody to get that book, read it, think about it, and digest it, and then put it into action. If you do anything, you gotta do that. So, so Isaac, it's a real honor to have you here, and it's gonna be a big honor for us to have you as our keynote speaker at our, at our upcoming small business conference in uh, Pittsburgh this November. So welcome, glad to have you. Thank you, it's my, it's my pleasure and I'm looking forward to being with you guys in Pittsburgh. Well, that's great. So, so you're, I, I read your book, it was fantastic. Um, tell us a little bit about your motivation to write it. You know, uh, it really was almost like a, like a calling for me, certainly a, a passion project. I, uh, you know, I, I slowly lost my sight from about age 12 to 25, and initially, uh, you know, in the in the grips of, of visceral fear, I, I, you know, I thought it was going to uh, really ruin my life. It turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me because as I lost my sight, I gained this this vision. I was literally able to see firsthand the immense power we have uh, to to really. Uh, shape uh, the reality we want to live for ourselves uh, in every moment and uh, it was it, it brought me a measurable joy and fulfillment and success in my life and I long wanted to share that vision with uh, with others so about a couple of years ago now I uh, I uh, you know stepped back from the day-to-day of, of my business uh, running my business and uh, you know set out to write the book it was an incredible uh, journey to write it and uh, you know I'm very pleased to have it out there in the world well, you know, your, your story is an amazing one, and you know, we really don't have time on, uh, on, on the air here to, to even begin to talk about all the amazing things that you've accomplished in your life. And, and I'm convinced, just reading between the lines and reading your book, that you would have accomplished that regardless of, of uh, the challenge. But one of the things that I found intriguing in your book what was this, this concept of, uh, you know, seeing opportunities, and, and I, I put it a little different word, I'd say being persistent in your life and, and going after the true value as you describe it in your book. Um, how, do you, how do you separate seeing opportunities and, and, and from, from figuring out and setting goals? That was one thing that I, I found interesting, is how do you set the goals and then commit yourself the way you described in your book? Yeah, you know, it, it, it you know it starts with it, it starts with uh, you know some pretty basic and fundamental questions uh, that uh, I think you know we, we, we really need to, to ask ourselves and answer consciously. Uh, you know, who do you want to be? How do you want to live uh, your life? What kind of uh, spouse do you want to be? What kind of employer or employee? Uh, what kind of a parent? How do you want to spend your time? What, what's important to you? What has what has value uh, for you? And, uh, you know, it's easy to kind of roll your eyes and say, oh, yeah, you know, but, you know, but then there's real life. But, 
you know, I, I'm convinced we're answering those questions uh, every every day of our lives, whether we know it or not, or admit it or not, or, 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 or you know, whether we like it or not. Uh, you know, we're answering those questions in the way we live our lives. So, to me, you might as well do it with uh, intention and purpose and awareness, uh, and most importantly, with with accountability. Um, so, I, I I try to ask myself those questions uh, regularly and, and to check in and, and make sure that uh, the way I'm living my life, the choices that I'm making, um, you know, conform to uh, what's what's important to me. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I thought the way you described that uh, in your book too is really powerful, and, and it's and it, it sounds easy, but but it's not. So how how hard or how do you how do you stick to that and keep from falling into that trap about worrying about what other people say or worrying about what other people think? The critic, as you put it, that other that other side. How do you how do you keep from falling into those traps? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good point. You know, you make as I say in the book. You know, living living my life eyes wide open is is you know for me it's not this sort of like aha moment where suddenly a, you know the switch flips and everything's you know perfect. Um, it's really more for me about about sort of discipline and effort, and, uh, and it's something that I you know I work hard at every day. And frankly, you know, there's some days that I'm not that I'm not very uh, not very good at it, but. It's certainly it's certainly worth uh, the effort, right? I mean, um, you know, we, we, we only get uh, we only get one go of it uh, in life, and um, you know, I think it's certainly worth uh, uh, thinking critically about uh, what you know what we want to do while we're here. That's great, and then and then uh, you know, as I was reading through some of those parts too. It kind of reminded me of, of something that we talk about in this office and in our society, and that is, you know, that we're here to make a difference. We're here to make a difference in the national security of this nation uh, by virtue of bringing public, private, academic, and other, other uh, sectors together uh, to solve problems, to solve real problems. And, and the value that we derive out of that isn't financial value. Um, it's, it's maybe a little bit of the legacy that you talk about, but, but it's also just knowing that we made a difference, knowing that we put up the fight, knowing that we, we, we did our best, that sometimes you just have to accept that that was good enough. And I think that's, that's, that's something that you talk about a little bit too. And, uh, so how do you separate the, the material part of the reward from you know, the real value of making a difference. How, how do you do that? You know, I, I, I try to be uh, very careful not to uh, really pass, pass judgment on uh, what, uh, what, what you know, goals, you know, quote unquote, should be uh, or should not be. Um, so, you know, by that, I mean, for folks who are driven uh, by financial gain, uh, let's say, and, and who, you know, want to sit down and do a, you know, assess their sort of personal balance sheet and values and what's important to them. And if, if that's, uh, if that's who they are and that's what's important uh, to them, uh, that's fine. I, I would say, you know, uh, where I would, you know, would uh, have some judgment is you got to own it and you got to be accountable for it. And, um, you know, you got to be honest with yourself about, uh, about your about the choices you're making uh, in your life. For me, certainly, uh, as you suggest, uh, 
you know, financial reward is, uh, you know, it's nice and it's, 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 an, it's an important part of life. Obviously, people want to be compensated for the work that they do. But, um, but there's, just, there's just so much more. <laughs> there's just so much more uh, to life for me. Uh, in particular, you know, I, I uh, view the, uh, uh, the obligation, the opportunity I have to, to teach my children by my example as sort of the sacrosanct. It's just paramount in my life. And uh, you know, cherish the opportunity to, to, to spend time with them and and, uh, and with my wife Dorothy. So um, those 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 are, are for me much larger uh, drivers. Um, you know, in my in my life. No, that's tremendous. And you know, as I was thinking through, uh, you know, as you were talking about that and talking about your children, one one of the things that I find interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm 64 now, so I'm still at the prime of my life. I think. But, but millennials are coming along and the next generation is coming along. And, and at the same time, I'm watching my parents' generation, you know, start to pass. And, and it's becoming even more apparent to me today some of the challenges that one generation puts on the back of another generation and the doubts that a current generation has about the next generation coming along. And, and one of the things that I, I found interesting in, in your philosophy and looking at the younger generation today, I personally don't subscribe to some of the negative things you hear about millennials, for example. Uh, but one of the things that I get concerned about is, are we, are we really giving them the opportunity to build the character that it takes to do what you've suggested in terms of persistence and accountability and whatever? And what impact is all this, what I call information overload that they're, that they're subject to? And all, and just a massive amount of information. How do they sort through that? Do, do you have any concerns about the generations coming along? I guess is my basic question. As you're raising your children, and, and as you're seeing the world unfold and this mammoth explosion of information and opportunities, any? Do you have any doubts or questions or challenges about, you know, the character and the ability of the next generation to do the kind of things that we're that you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I certainly worry about our ability as a society to truly listen listen to one another to communicate effectively and i think that the sort of problem with uh you know a lot of noise not a lot of signal out there with the sort of information overload that you describe and also the sort of echo chamber of you know people are only exposed to uh, the ideas that they're you know they've demonstrated there they're predisposed predisposed to, to to believe or endorse um, all sorts of you know things like that. It, it, it does worry me a little bit. Uh, there's also this kind of bizarre, you know, self-referential sort of Truman Show aspect to uh, to the folks sort of living their lives, you know, on social media and you know, living their lives publicly. And and, and even you know, you find these these uh, bloggers or whatever folks whose 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 career, whose profession is essentially making uh, you know a real-time show of their life. Uh, where their life is producing a show and it's a circular sort of <laughs> it's hard to find a lot of substance in a lot of stuff so I do worry about it um, uh, you know that that said I, I tend to uh, you know I, I, every generation you know seems to think that it's confronting you know problems that are different in kind from from other generations and, and, and you know there's there's this thought that you know we're the exceptional generation or you know, we're on the verge of change that's just a common refrain I think generation after generation over time so I, I try to take the view that um, there's more more similarity than difference uh, you know 
over over the ages. But uh, um, but but yeah, I do think technology is is a, is a real double-edged uh, sword these days. Yeah, and, and and I guess and I guess uh, and I agree with you because I think the principles that you lay out in your book uh, and that you've lived by are enduring, and I think they're just as applicable to future generations, and and I think and I think they'd see that too. Um, you know, it's interesting from a business perspective, and this is our small business conference that we're going to be, uh, yeah, that you'll have a chance to, to participate in and be a part of. Um, how much how much change over the course of the 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 you know the businesses that you've been involved in and the different things that you've done? You know, how much differences do you see uh, in the in the business world? You think the principles that you lay out are just as applicable today and will be tomorrow? Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, uh, I've been very blessed in business to have the opportunity to uh, uh, to lead and, and work with a, a, a remarkable team of people who uh, are committed to a shared vision and ideal, um, and who uh, you know want to work together collaboratively to you know to, to achieve something excellent, to do something special, uh, and that is pure magic. Uh, that uh, drives uh, business success, but leads to you know rewards uh, in life. You know, it's far beyond any uh, um, any PL. And that I think you know endures. I think that's the key to, to you know the success of a team and the success of a business. Uh, you know, period. Yeah. What was what was your uh, your greatest success? I mean, you've had a lot of things that uh, you know. You had the uh, the construction company that you took over in, in Orlando and. Um, multiplied its value many times in a short period of time. What what do you consider your your greatest success from a from a business sense that you've been involved in? Uh, from a, from a business sense, uh, I you know I would definitely say I'm very I'm very proud of uh, ODC Construction, the company that we uh, um, that we you know sort of formed in, in, in June of 2011 and acquired the assets of a very small and uh, you know sort of struggling uh, business and. Uh, what what the what the team has done uh, in, in, a, in a relatively short period of time is is, is just astounding. So yeah, that's definitely I think the sort of the business uh, success I'm most most proud of. I mean, I back in my um, in my legal career days, uh, I had the privilege of uh, serving as a law clerk to uh, uh, to Justice Sandra O'Connor and, and, and Justice Peter uh, Ginsburg, and that was uh, just on a personal level that experience was uh, remarkable. It was it was just an incredible. Uh, Incredible opportunity to work with uh, you know legends and to, to see really the inner workings of a remarkable institution in our democracy. No, that's great. That's great. And then you know um, the uh, it was fascinating to read the story about what you did and, and your emphasis on teamwork. And you just used that word again about the team. It's not about you. It's about the team. And that's a theme that I saw that. That, that pervades your, your writing, that it's not about you, even though the story of what happened with your you know, slowly becoming blind you know, motivated you to, to find ways to, as you put it, you know, back to your point about listening, I found it fascinating that you know, it wasn't that your ears got better, your ability to listen got better. I thought that was a yeah. huge, huge point that you made. And, and, but I yeah, think, thank you. Well, go sure. ahead. Yeah, so, so talk about that a little bit, you know, just your... How you've dealt with your blindness and how that's uh, enabled you to, to really, really fulfill your life. 
you know, we, we accomplish nothing alone in, in life. Um, and uh, certainly I'm always uh, perplexed by, you know, leaders, managers and leaders who uh, become confused and, 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 and seem to be chasing their own success within an organization. To me, it's pretty clear that a, a leader of a team or a manager uh, succeeds only when, you know, only when their team succeeds in achieving some goal that, uh, you know, is beyond uh, any one person. Um, so I really think the leader's, leader's role is really to support the team. Um, in terms of the, you know, the communi- communication, I, I, I at first worried that my blindness would be uh, maybe an impediment to my, uh, my management of uh, my leadership team in the construction company because, you know, obviously I don't see facial expressions or gestures. And uh, in the beginning, it would be awkward when, uh, you know, we'd be having a conversation and you know, someone would maybe uh, propose a course of action and I'd ask if folks agree and I would get no response and that you'd say, hey, are, are you guys nodding your heads again? And everyone would kind of chuckle, oh yeah, sorry, we're nodding your heads. And, you know, I'd say, oh yeah, I'm still blind or whatever. And it was, you know, it, it was awkward. <laughs> and so, right. And I said, look, let's, let's uh, we can solve this problem. Let's just go around the table and, you know, everybody say yes. Well, you know, that never happened once, right? It was always, uh, yeah, I sort of agree. Uh, yeah, you know, I just agree. Well, you know, I'm not sure. Well, you know, and, and uh, the, the fact that folks were, were forced to actually use words to communicate, you know, ideas and positions uh, turned out to be one of the best things that happened for my leadership team because we, you know, actually communicated at a deeper level. Uh, we availed ourselves of the wisdom of, uh, of everybody on the team. Uh, team members learned quickly that uh, what they thought uh, was important mattered. And, uh, you know, the awkwardness, the tension, as it turned out, really had nothing to do with my blindness. It was, it was sort of the awkwardness or tension that's inherent in, in being vulnerable and communicating with one another. And, uh, yeah, sometimes it's uncomfortable, sometimes it's difficult. But, but man, you know, it's, it's, it's worthwhile. you got to do it because otherwise you're, you're not, you know, you're, you're not a team. Yeah, that's a tremendous, tremendous insight. And boy, if, if people could just understand that, uh, what a difference it would make. And you know, it's interesting when I was when I was reading your book and reflecting on on your experiences. And and there's one part in there. I guess you talk a little bit about uh, handicapped and what does that really mean and whose perception is it that a person is handicapped. You reminded me of uh, our son when he was in kindergarten. Came home one day and he said. And I forget what, it, oh, we were going to park in a handicapped space. And we mm-hmm. caught the wrath from our son. He said, it is not handicapped. You're supposed to say handicapable. <laughs> so, <laughs> so ever since our son was in third grade and he's 33 now, we, we don't even use that word in my family. We always say it's a handicapable spot because it's not about awesome. handicaps. It's about different powers that people have. So, yeah. You know, I, I could tell you, I could go on all day reflecting on uh, the power of your book, uh, but but let me ask this question: um, as as we think about the uh, you know, our conference that's coming up, and just to give you a little bit of a feel, you know, we'll have somewhere around uh, probably twenty twenty five hundred uh, attendees uh, from all walks of the architecture, engineer, construction industry, and uh, obviously all of the uh, the military engineering services will have their the chiefs chief chief of the army corps of engineers air force navy coast guard uh, the va um, you know the major construction and, and engineering organizations in the federal government uh, 
this is their chance to see what the private sector has to offer and at the same time you know the private sector is there to understand opportunities so a very very vibrant mix of public and private sector and academic uh, attendees so so the thought for our for our listeners uh, maybe you can give us a little peek at uh, what you what you plan to uh, to address when you're when you're there with us sure um, sure you know uh, so <clears throat> Uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of, as I mentioned a little earlier, uh, in, the, in this sort of bizarre process in which I, uh, I sort of slowly lost my sight and all the sort of weird effects that that, that kind of produced or whatever, I, I literally uh, got to see firsthand how uh, uh, sight, you know, the experience of sight is something that we, uh, it, it feels like it's sort of passive and immediate and it feels like it's sort of objective, right? We even say seeing is, is believing. Well, the fact of the matter is that it, it just, you know that couldn't be uh, couldn't be less true or, or more untrue, I should say. Sight uh, is this is this mental construction of the mind. It's this virtual reality that, that we create for ourselves that implicates uh, our conceptual knowledge, our memories, our opinions, our emotions. You know, all of these things really uh, factor into this uh, this sort of virtual world. Uh, the aha moment for me, or the insight for me, that, that really led to uh, this sort of blessing of, uh, of of living and leading eyes wide open, was my realization that the same is true of so much of uh, uh, of of the, of the way we experience our lives. So the uh, self-limiting assumptions uh, we make about ourselves, the way we can uh, misperceive uh, success and value, uh, misperceive the force of luck in our lives. Uh, way we tend to sort of uh, perpetuate our own insecurities and vanities um, and our difficulty often in, in, in listening to each other and, and, and to our own hearts. Um, all of these things really at the end of the day uh, with awareness and with effort and, and with discipline, uh, you know, we really are, uh, are empowered to be the masters of our reality, to really take control uh, over how we live our lives, to choose who we want to be and, and how we want to live uh, in every moment. And, uh, that's really the core uh, idea, the core theme, and we'll talk about that uh, in general, and, and we'll talk about uh, the application of that idea to, uh, to fear, our, our fear of change, our fear of the unknown, um, and also our fear of, uh, of failure in the face of, uh, of great challenges. Well, I, th- I think those would be tremendous messages, I will tell you, from uh, you know, knowing our, our uh, membership. I think those would be great messages, and and clearly, uh, and as you point out in your book, I think your your analogy of the balance sheet and it, and the applicability of your your messages to some of the things and the cha- the challenges that our businesses are facing today, you know, the fears. How do they figure out what opportunities? Uh, I, th- sure. I think I think your message is going to resonate well, uh, not only with with our our membership, but with. some of the things that they're facing these days. So that's going to be a lot of fun. That's great. I hope so, and I sure look forward to it. Well, we're we're looking forward to it. And again, I appreciate the opportunity to to spend a little bit of time with you today. And and like I said, I could go on forever, but I want to get this thing wrapped up and get it out there so our listeners can get a little taste of uh, what what I know is going to be an exciting, exciting uh, keynote. So um, any any, uh, final thoughts for, for us? Before we close out, uh, no, sir. I, I hope uh, I hope to uh, have the chance to meet a lot of the uh, your listeners uh, in Pittsburgh. No, that's great. Well, we're lo- looking forward to 
and being honored to have you as our as our guest and uh, looking forward to, to hearing your your wisdom so thanks a lot for joining us <music>